the volume. The Sessions is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. There's no better place to make every moment more than with FanDuel. They're America's number one sportsbook for a reason, y'all. It's so easy to use. It's safe and secure. That's one of the main things for me. I don't want any BS. I love that there's no BS with FanDuel. Plus, you get your winnings fast. Now winnings are delivered in as quick as two hours. Plus, it's super fun to combine multiple bets from the same game into a same game parlay. It's awesome. So if you are new, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app to get started now. Sign up with the promo code Renee, that's R-E-N-E-E, so that they know that I sent you. Disclaimer, 21 plus and present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, Wyoming, or West Virginia. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona 18887897777 or visit ccpg.org/chat for Connecticut 1800gambler or visit fanduel.com/rg for Colorado, Iowa, Indiana, Illinois, New Jersey, Pennsylvania and Virginia 1877770stop for Louisiana 1800270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan 18778hopeny or text hopeny for New York Tennessee Redline 1800889 and 1-800-522-4700 for Wyoming. Visit www.1800gambler.net for West Virginia. Happy Halloween, ghouls and gals. We're getting there. Oh my gosh, as I'm wearing like a Halloween hoodie while I record this. I'm feeling it. I'm feeling the festivities. There's something about like the new life that is breathed in for me once fall hits. I want to get out. I want to do stuff. I am up. I am moving. I'm inspired. All of that great stuff. I think I just thrive in the cold. I think that's really what it boils down to. When it's hot out, I can't do shit. So now that it's cool out, we are booked and busy, baby. Actually, quite literally so. I have lots of like really great things to tell everybody soon. Um, so many different, really like great things all kind of coming together for me all at once. It's so weird how like the world works like that or like the universe works like that. And I really am a firm believer in like that, like momentum kind of thing and like having irons and different fires and then they all kind of catch a light at the same time. So I'm gonna have some really cool news to give you guys uh, coming up in the very, very shortly gosh, maybe even by the time this is out, who could say? Oh my gosh. Very exciting though. Um, so stay tuned on the old social channels. And of course, I'll be talking about it on here once uh, once the cat is officially out of the bag. So anyways, who cares? We'll get to that when we get to it. Just kidding, universe. I do care very much. Thank you for being so good to me. Um, and now for this episode of the show. Okay, so we're in the Halloween season. I really wanted for like all of October to be like, spooky kind of episodes or something to do with that in the vein of that. So we're doing our best to like make that happen. But this episode is certainly a hell of a way to kick that off. So on the episode today, I've got on Rachel Evans. This chick is legit. So um, you may have seen her on the Travel Channel, Discovery, um, her show Paranormal Caught on Camera. She's uh, one of the content creators with Smosh. You may have seen her as a contestant on the show The Circle on Netflix. She's all over the place in like the best way. And she was just so cool. 
I could have chatted to her for so long. I love episodes when I have like no notes and I can just like, I'm so enthralled by what this person is talking about. Like I love talking about ghost stuff, probably to like my detriment that um, maybe I like conjure it a little bit, Um, but just like so fascinating talking to her about like her line of work the different um, situations she's seen, different types of ghosts. Um, I tell her about my own ghost story. We get through a ton of stuff. Anyways, she's so cool. Um, I want to hang out with her in real life. I feel like we would be like fast friends. So putting that out there too. Me and Rachel Evans, look out. Hot friendship coming in. All right, guys, let's get into it. Let's get a little spooky. Let's get a little scary. Hunker down, have a little pumpkin spice something or other, wrap up your sweater real tight, and let's talk some ghosts. Spin it up. I would like to start this interview off by knowing where you stand with these guys. Candy corn, by the way, everybody. I used to hate candy corn, and... I now really love it. What flipped the switch? Um, you know, I think I got older and stopped mm, being your like... Your palate has been more refined. I also think that people hate candy corn, like, as a point and not really, like, they don't actually hate it or they've never tasted it. Yes. So I was that kid. I was like, I don't like candy corn. And then one day I was like, what if you just enjoyed something for once in your goddamn life? <laughs> yes. What if you just ate it? Enjoy it. Enjoy the candy corn. It's a delicacy that we get once a year. Let's just buy the giant bag and enjoy it. Yeah. And if you know what? And if it's not your bag, totally fine. Let the people that enjoy it, enjoy it. Right. Don't yuck somebody else's yum, you know? (laughs) Don't yuck someone else's yum. I love that. Yeah. I'm a big fan. I feel like it's like that perfect... It's kind of like a salty sweet. There's a little saltiness to it that's a really beautiful. Yeah, I, I'm a big fan. I'm so, with you. All right. We're already off to, the, to a good start. Is this like the busiest time of year for you? Are people like up your ass to do interviews and stuff? It really is. And, you know, I'm not like I'm kind of the worst at what I do. <laughs> um, so I never say yes to anything. I'm genuinely like I. Uh, oh. After this, these past six years that I've been on this go show, it's been more and more people like asking me to come speak about things or asking me to be on panels. And I'm like, y'all, I just talk about spookies. I don't know how to speak with authority on this (laughs) in front of a crowd. Um, So politely, no. But yeah, we have just started filming for season six for Paranormal Camera. What a fun show. Like, I'm not just saying this because you're in front of me, but I love shows like that. I love paranormal things. Uh, This is not just a an annual jump on in October thing for me. Discovery Plus, sign a girl up, let me in there. I I love all those shows. Um, So for you to be on. Oh. What happened here? Was that me? What the heck? That was weird. See, the ghosts are already upon us. I never get interrupted when I'm recording this show. I'm hardwired in on my laptop and all of a sudden everything just went dead on me. So yikes. <laughs> Welcome to the ghost sessions. Um, so you have the best job to be on season six. That's like, wow. How has the show progressed from like day one shooting the pilot to like where you're at now? Well, it's changed a lot because I think people are a lot more 
inclined to pay attention when something might be spooky. I personally believe that more people have experienced paranormal phenomenon than they actually know. And people's brains, like your brain is the most powerful thing in the world. And so it can explain a lot away. But I think we, as a society, (laughs) have gotten more comfortable with the idea that there might be things that are unexplained, that we're okay with having a little bit more mystery in the world. So we're just getting more and more submissions, which is absolutely crazy because, yeah, we're on season six. We have like 26 to 28 episodes a season. And in each episode, there are four stories. So I'm saturated with ghosts. <laughs> you're ghouled out. You've, you're ghouled out. I'm all ghouled out. Yeah. That's exhausting. That is so much work. Holy moly. And you guys travel everywhere for the show. So we have like special events. So there's... um. It's what's really cool about the show that I'm on is that it's like a panel of people who are experts in their own field. I kind of come from more of a place of like human psychology and how that mixes with the paranormal, how can it it can inform the paranormal and how that in itself can be the paranormal, but we have like Filipino folklore experts and people who are um, medium, psychic medium. So everyone kind of goes off and does their own hunts. And then we come together with Paranormal Caught on Camera where people will give us instances or footage of their paranormal situations. And then we tell them like, oh, seems like you might have a residual haunting on your hands. We can't help you, but we can tell you about it. We'll tell you about it and we'll try and catch it on camera and let's just get down to the nitty gritty on it. Yeah, you know, it's it's an it's definitely an interesting job, especially because like I'm Jewish. So Jews don't believe in the devil. Because when somebody dies in Jewish culture, you sit with them until what what happens there? So you sit Shiva. So that's kind of like the like 10 or so days after the funeral, which always happens within the first like 48 hours. But Jews are actually like very interesting when it comes to the afterlife because we kind of believe in everything. So there's a story in Judaism that supports um, reincarnation. And then we don't have a hell. We have something called Gehenna, which is like a place where you go where you are confronted with all of like your misdoings in life. And we're not Every time I do this, I try not to be rude to Christians, but (laughs) we don't care about like who you had sex with, you know? Yeah. Hey, get after it. Yeah. It's a mitzvah. It's a good deed in Judaism. Um, So it's drinking. (laughs) But uh, but like it's just all of it is like it's it's mainly about like how you treat other people and how you treat yourself. So once you're confronted with that, the maximum amount of time you can stay there is 11 months. And then after that, your soul re-enters either the spiritual realm or like the world of the living, which is reincarnation. That makes ghost hunting really complicated for me because you can walk around any place and be like, it's a demon, it's Beelzebub, you know, but I don't have that. So I have to be a little bit more creative in my like assessment. It's a, it's an interesting path to take. Cause I would say like ghosts in general is a, is a pretty like Christian dominated world. 
Right. No, it's an interesting way to look at it. Like I was not raised with any religion. Um, so I don't necessarily think of it in any of those terms, but I definitely like I do believe that like there's for sure spirits around like I've had my own experiences. I do. I like I feel like you'd be such a dick to be like, nope, nothing here. Like you like, I don't know. I don't know if it was just like me being like receptive to things as a kid that made me feel so like open and aware of ghosts. Like I feel like when I was really young, I thought that I saw a ghost at one point and maybe that's where like that seed was planted or like playing fucking Bloody Mary in my bathroom as a kid. Like, I think that stuff still haunts me. That stuff still gets me. If the lights go out or I'm like washing my face and I feel like I like have soap in my eyes, like that's when the ghost is going to appear. It's terrifying. I can't deal with bathrooms. I genuinely like all doors have to be open. All lights (laughs) have to be on or else I'm getting (laughs) murked in there. Yes. But yeah, no, I think that that's where it comes from. And I, I also like that's where I'm talking about the whole association of the human brain is that your brain sends you trigger warnings when you're in danger, when something is heightened around you. And like you either choose to ignore that or you choose to explore it. And I think that's where a lot of like paranormal quandary comes from is people saying like, actually, that was pretty weird. I wonder why that happened. I don't have an explanation for that. What's like your reaction to people that just don't believe in ghosts or the people that really try to debunk ghosts and spirits? <laughs> it's the same people who don't like candy corn. Like, get, <laughs> get grit, you know? Like, just get Don't yuck grit. our yum. Exactly. Shit. And like, if you want to live in a world without any mystery or fantasy, go off. But I love physics and I also love ghosts. <laughs> you know, like... I'm a huge fan of science. It's like a huge passion of mine, especially like quantum physics, because I think that there shouldn't be as much of a divide between the paranormal and the scientific world as there is. Because like when you think about quantum physics, we don't understand quantum computing, but we do it actively. The fact that we are actively doing something and progressing in science in this world of quantum physics, but no scientist can tell you why that happens, it's insane. That's way above my pay grade. Honestly, same. I feel like there should be more mystery in science. And if you're so closed off, I think, to things that might be a little bit more fantastical, you're never going to be able to grasp ideas like quantum entanglement. You know, you're never going to be able to get your brain to that place because you just have no imagination. Yeah, let the imagination run wild, which can certainly be a slippery slope as well. And I'm sure you've come in contact with plenty of that. Um, How do you guys decide which cases you're going to take on? We look at the videos that they send us and we make sure that they haven't been compromised in any sort of way. So we'll look at the metadata of the videos and make sure that they haven't been altered. Um, Make sure that like, you know, our due diligence as much as we can do. We'll look in to the family and look into the people who submitted the stories. Gosh, that's a lot of work for how many submissions you guys are getting. That's a lot of like deep diving you guys have to do. We have a huge research team and they're like incredible because it is a lot of work. And there are so many people that just want to be on TV. It's such a hard thing to debunk that, yeah, you could just like paint your grandmother 
white and put her outside of your window. <laughs> and I guess I can't tell you that that's not a ghost. <laughs> like, I guess. <laughs> but, you know, we do our best to make sure that we're dealing with people who actually need help, too, or want that validation. Like, my favorite stories are ones that are like, I think this might be my grandmother, or this is my dog. Like, that's that's a big one. We get a lot of pets. Oh, I've never even really thought about that. What an asshole I am. That's so sweet. I hope my dog haunts me better, little shit. Yeah. And I think they, like, you know, at least for like some time afterwards, we get so many submissions that I refuse to believe that it's isolated incidents. Like, I think that it happens and there are things that we ignore. Like little things that fall over in the corner and you're like, <laughs> yes, yes. Oh, my God. The amount of times things like that happen, it's really funny. And I'm sure someone will debunk this. But I feel like anytime something like that happens in my house, it's always when my husband's gone. Always. And I'm like, why does this not happen when he's here? What is going on? Like, I'll be upstairs sleeping. Huge crash down in the kitchen. All the like both dogs are upstairs with me. There's no way it could be anything else. I'm like, this only happens when John's on the road. Always. Does he believe in ghosts? He does. So I feel like I'm more receptive to it. Like he freaks out. He thinks that I like attract ghosts. Cool. Which I maybe I do. Who knows? <laughs> so he doesn't he doesn't even want me talking about it. So our house we live in is super old. It's built in 1880. Um, probably has like a crazy history. But I will say, living in this house, knock on wood, aside from the little um little ghost internet moment we had, I've not really heard too many like really like creaky weird things or like felt a presence in this house um but yeah he definitely gets his back up to it so he does believe in it but not in a way that he wants like he kind of just doesn't want to know about it like I think it like really kind of rattles him yeah I mean you know it is an energetic thing which is why it's so easy for people for skeptics to be like to call bullshit on it because if you're not receptive then you cannot see it like you you it's very possible for things to be happening right in front of you and you just not see it but I would definitely look up that's my this is my favorite part of the job I would definitely look up the history of the building that you're in and of the land that you're on oh so where do you go to do that the library is where I go which is a little lame no I love the library I'm fine to go to the library it's great because they also they have to you have to have like um all the database regional public yeah records yeah so i would look into it i i grew up i also grew up in a very old house that was built around the same time and that's where i started like experiencing ghosty things for the first time and my parents like you know we lived there for over 20 years my parents never experienced anything really but you did you had you had big experiences when you were a kid right yeah me and my sister both did actually and we never talked about it until we were like in our late teens. So same for me and my family. Let's hash this out. So what what kind of experiences did you have? And like, yeah, not talking to each other about it's really funny. Yeah, because, you know, it's just one of those things, I guess, that you're like, that's crazy. Let's not talk about it. And I think we're kind of past that, I hope. Well, you and me, we're so past that, Renee. We're, you and I are beyond that. Yeah, we're going to talk about it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, when I was six years old, my very first experience was when I was six years old, I was in my bedroom and I saw these three giant floating man heads in front of my bed. And they were, I mean, I was six, so they could have been normal size, but they seemed animatronic. They seemed huge. 
So there were these three heads floating in front of me and they were very like, one of them had like a cigar or something. And one of them had tiny little round glasses and they were all like looking at each other, but not looking at me. And I just started like screaming and my parents came in and they were like, what? I'm sick. So I don't know how to verbalize what, what it just happened to me. Then I had a very nice experience. Like I would say probably a couple months after that, which was my, me and my grandfather were very close and I used to spend the night at his house all the time. And one night I spent the night at his house. And then that morning I went home and he actually died like as soon as I left. Oh, wow. I guess my, you know, my parents were like figuring out how to tell me. I took a nap and I saw him on the edge of my bed. And I thought he was just there. You know, I was just like, oh, hey, um, what's up? Are we hanging again? (laughs) And that's when my mom, like a couple hours later, my mom came in and told me that he had passed. And I told her, I was like, you're so mistaken. I am so sorry. He is here (laughs) currently. Did she freak out? No, no, no. Like my parents are super Texan. So they were just like, all right. (laughs) Yep. And I think my mom is very spiritual as well. So she she kind of liked the idea of him being there. But if I ever brought up any other ghost occurrence, like I told her about there are the three heads, then there was a man in my closet, and then there was a guy who used to hang out in the like formal dining room um, that nobody went into. And me and my sister both felt that person. And she was like, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's the fear. I will say having a daughter now, I'm like, for the love of God, please don't see ghosts. Please don't see ghosts. Don't let me like hear you in the baby monitor, like talking to somebody. Like, I just don't think I can handle it. Yeah, but I'd like to believe. I mean, I think that if they're if they're talking with babies, sometimes I'm like, I don't trust this. I don't like this. Anytime I see, anytime we get a clip in that's like, my child's toy is keeps lighting up on its own. I'm like, oh, I don't believe in demons, but if I did, that's where they would that's be hiding. Yeah, yeah. That's where they would be. Because um, there's something like ultimately so perverse about that. Like the manipulation of like something so innocent is like super awful to my brain. Is there something to that though as well? Of, like, I mean, I guess like a baby versus like a child because everyone always says like children are so much more receptive to those things. I guess there's like that fine line between like an innocent little baby and like a kid that someone might be like, mm, this kid might actually see me and interact with me to a degree. I think kids are amazing in that way. And I, do, I don't think that every time a child who's capable of speech says that they see something, I don't think it's a bad thing, you know? Like I think that's kind of magical and like you should definitely ask questions because you know what if it's like has talons not great (laughs) right right but for the most part like if you do believe in ghosts you you have to believe that they're everywhere you know what so what is the difference between like I'll use this house, for example, because it is such an old house with so much history. So we live in Cincinnati, which I think is like a pretty old town. There's a lot of old history here. Like I actually really want to go do one of the ghost tours here to like really learn more about what all the little pockets are. I'm from Toronto. I did one of those one time and it like blew my mind of all the old theaters that were haunted. Like 100%. I cannot wait to do this. But like 
The difference between, say, a house or a building or something that's being haunted that way versus if, like, a person can be haunted. Is that a possibility? Oh, yeah. So that's super nefarious. Less so in America, more so overseas. If you're building on any land, that's haunted land. But in America, like, there's, it's more recent history. It's less rich in history. (laughs) But uh, yeah, there's a huge difference between like a facility or a house haunting and a personal haunting. For the house stuff, generally speaking, what I see the most of are residual hauntings, which means that it's a person haunting. So there's a difference between a spirit that is detached from human soul and like a human haunting. So usually with houses, you'll see this residual thing, which is a person lived here for many years. This was a person's first home and they are still going about their routine. You might hear the cabinet doors in the kitchen open or you might hear the garbage rustle. Like they're going about their normal routine. And for the most part, unless you want to try to like release them of this loop, uh, which takes research and work, you can just live happily with those things. You know, they're not going to hurt you. And I would say for the most part, trust your gut. If you feel fear, you know that you should be afraid because I'm a, I'm a fearful person. Like I'm not a brave guy. I like, I'll go into a haunt and I'll be like, everyone crowd around me and I'm holding on to everybody. But every ghost experience that I've had out as an adult, like as a kid, it's hard to process. But Every ghost experience I've had as an adult has been not scary. Once you're actually confronted with the thing, the fear kind of goes away and it's just your reality. I liken it to like doing mushrooms, where if you do mushrooms and you look at something that doesn't normally look like that, you don't, you're not scared of it. You're just like, that tree has a face now. Okay. You know what you're walking into. Like if you're on mushrooms, you at least sort of have like, I've only done mushrooms like twice and it was not a great experience. Um, But you're aware during it. You're like, I'm just having a bit of a weird trip right now and we're going to ride it out. And I guess same thing if you're walking into something like, well, this house is haunted and some shit might be going down. Let's just buckle up for that. Right. And like in the same in the same situation, like you can feel discomfort, but you're never out of control. Like you're never like, What's going to happen? Or maybe I'm projecting because I'm like, I'm fine. But (laughs) but for me, whenever I've had a ghost experience, it's just been like kind of like a stillness, like a sense of still where you're just that's the reality you're now living in. It's not scary as much as it is just feels real. But a personal haunting can be very, very different. Very, very different. So if you feel that spirit is attached to you for whatever reason, Again, I don't believe in things like demons, but I do believe in nefarious spirit, which is something like a parasitic spirit, like a succubus. Those all just sound bad, bad, bad. It's always bad news. I mean, the job and goal of something like a succubus is to steal your energy. And it gets that generally like while you're sleeping, which is awful because like, how are you supposed to protect yourself from that? And You know, from that, I will say, like, if you do feel yourself being, I guess, for lack of a better word, like haunted everywhere that you go, it doesn't matter if you move from house to house, like 
you need to go to a spiritual cleanser. Is a lot of that too, like when people have like sleep paralysis, is that something that's kind of like that as well? That's my absolute favorite. So I generally don't dream too much, but when I do, I have heavy, heavy lucid dreams and big sleep paralysis. Um, It happened to me. I was on a show called The Circle, which is like this reality show. Oh, we know The Circle. Oh, good. (laughs) Oh, good. Um, But I would lucid dream every single night in there, and it was exhausting. And my favorite idea about that is that you're actually peeking into a spirit realm. So specifically, if you have lucid dreams that take place inside of the room that you're in. So if you're dreaming and you are in your own home or in your bed even, and you're like, you can't get up, you know, that kind of thing. Generally, that is believed to mean that you are peeping into the spirit realm while you're sleeping. So if you see anybody in that dream, try to interact with them because you could be talking to a spirit that lives in your home. You should interact with them? Oh, sure. I mean, you know, I personally believe like if you see something, say something. (laughs) Follow the airport rules, everybody. Exactly correct. If you see something, you're already past the point. Like if it's going to do something to you, you're in bed. Like, what are you going to do? <laughs> yeah. You know, you should talk to it and try to. I had that experience when I was over in Manchester filming. Manchester will fucking take you down, won't it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it did. <laughs> I had this lucid dream where this woman who was, by the way, amazing. She was like gorgeous, tall, icicle woman. Stupid, sexy ghost. Yes. And she was chasing <laughs> after me. And so she was chasing after me in like throughout this like very small Manchester flat until finally like I got in bed and I thought that I lost her and I was in bed and I was like, oh my God, I'm dreaming right now. Wait, because I tried to look at my phone and the numbers were all messed up, which is like a key indicator. And she walks into my room holding in and out. My kind of girl. I know. So she walks into my room and she's like, I'm not going to hurt you. And I was like, well, why were you chasing me? And she's like, you wouldn't talk to me. And so, <laughs> and so I did this really unhinged thing after that dream where I would wake up in the morning and be like, good morning. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's really interesting, though, of like wanting to have those interactions and like kind of create like to yeah make them feel heard and seen because that's all they want. Right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I I do, I I like to believe that for the most part, there's, when we experience some sort of like energy shift that somebody might call ghost encounter, I like to believe that it's human. Start the NFL week off right with a no sweat, same game parlay every Thursday from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. It doesn't matter if you're new to FanDuel or you already have an account. Every Thursday night, you'll get free bets back if your NFL same-game parlay doesn't hit. Same-game parlays are the perfect way to combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payday. I'm talking game lines, totals, spreads, player props, touchdown scorers, so many to choose from. You can build your own or choose from one of the popular same-game parlays pre-built in for you in FanDuel's top-rated sportsbook app. 
However you want to play, you can bet the NFL every Thursday night with a no-sweat same-game parlay. Just sign up with the promo code Renee. And if you don't already have an account, that's promo code Renee, R-E-N-E-E, to get free bets back if your same-game parlay doesn't hit. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Disclaimer, 21 in select states. First online real money wager only. Refund issued as non-withdrawable free bets that expire 14 days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG for Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Illinois, and Virginia. 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 for Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat for Connecticut. 1-800-9-WITH-IT for Indiana. 1-877-770-STOP for Louisiana. 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467369 for New York. TN Redline, 1-800-889-9789 for Tennessee, 1-800-522-4700 for Wyoming, or visit www.1800gambler.net for West Virginia. So when we were talking about like growing up and having, you know, different experiences and whatnot, and then not talking to our family members about it till later, a house that I was living in, and we weren't kids, you know, 11, 12th grade, something like that. Um, We had lived there with our mom and it was a bungalow And you would go down like three stairs and both of our bedrooms were at the bottom of that and they mirrored each other. But like all the time between like two, three in the morning, just like slam on the top of both of our doors. As like teenagers do, we did not like each other at the time. So we'd open the door and just kind of like stare at each other. But like something drew us both out (laughs) into the hallway. Multiple times you'd hear pacing up and down the stairs, the dishwasher opening, the like just stuff shifting around. Like as you said, somebody kind of going through their routine or whatever it may be. And for the longest time, none of us would say anything to each other, whether my brother and I would would talk about it to my mom. She had different experiences as well of like being in the shower and she had our dog in the bathroom with us and she heard my voice calling for the dog to come out. So was this a demon? They're called different things in different cultures. A lot of people will call them skinwalkers. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Skinwalker Ranch. That's right. If you hear something that's mimicking the voice of somebody that you know, you fucking run like there's nothing to be done there you have got to go so what's funny about it too is that because none of us had really spoken about it so my brother had moved out he went to college so it's just my mom and I then his best friend moved into the house and was staying in his room and again none of us are really speaking about it at this point I would have girlfriends come stay over having a sleepover and I wouldn't say anything. And they're like, who's in the hallway? Like, who is running laps up and down these three, four stairs? Um, so multiple people had heard it. And then when I finally moved out, so I'm sure this now knowing about the skinwalker shit. So I'm sleeping. And this is like one of those weird, like in between, like I'm still not even sure what was real or what wasn't. I just know the way that it made me feel that I was sleeping and it I was moving to Los Angeles. Something whispered in my ear, I'm coming with you. And I woke up and my face felt like someone had just talked to it. Like it felt like there was like a heat. Even when I lived in Los Angeles, just kind of feeling this feeling of like, is something around me? Like what is happening? I would just think about it all the time, but I don't know if it was just like in my head that I'm thinking about it all the time. I don't know. Would you ever say that to yourself about like needing eggs from the grocery store? You know, like you... 
I feel like people invalidate themselves so much with that. With you think it's like a dream or you're like, did I make that up? Did that happen? But it's so vivid to me. The way that that happened and my memory of it is so sharp. Um, yeah. And then once we all started talking about it, once I'm talking to my mom about it and she's telling me about the dog barking in the bathroom thing and we all had different stories about it. Um, and then my mom, so on this flight down to Los Angeles when I was moving, she came with me for the flight because I was like a, young and she was like, let's just make sure you get there. OK, so she flies back home to Toronto on her own after we had all kind of spoken about it. And she was like, again, my family's not really religious, but she was like, I guess I'm going to read a Bible verse out loud in the house. <laughs> So she went home and did that. And she was in the house by herself at that point. She was kind of like, fuck it. This is my only opportunity. Um, But yeah, I mean, nothing. I didn't really have any other experiences after that. But it was such a like pretty condensed, like two, three years of just feeling like something is around me and watching me. And it was awful, awful. All those stories compounded, like, you can't ignore something like right. that. Right, yeah. And, you know, I think, like I said, a lot of people call it a lot of different things. Somebody out there might call it a demon. I think that's a little bit dramatic. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> you know, you're not, like, you're not going to be, like, dragged to hell. Thank God. Uh, but you are probably a pretty sensitive person. And what I would do, honestly, like, what I do a lot is go to a witch, go to a witch shop and get I'm some- I'm big into witches right now. I'm on a bit of a witch kick. This sounds great. As you should be, as you should <laughs> be. Um, and get a protection candle. And all you need to do is light that candle all the way down and make sure that when you light it, you don't, you never blow it out. You always cap it to close. And then when you are lighting it, just be like protection for me and my family. And it needs to be blessed by a witch because they'll do they'll do some like ritual stuff on it. Not anything blood e, just <laughs> some herbs, you know, good stuff. Yeah, a little sage mixture, perhaps. Yeah, and it's the thing is like those things seem so little, but these are in this in the scope of your big life. You know, this should be little, and the more thought you give it, the more like credence you give it so kind of like going to somebody and making your intentions clear of like no this is my house and you're not actually welcomed here sometimes that's enough Interesting. but I will say the whole like mimicking people that you know is um incredibly messed up <laughs> <laughs> I know I know when my mom told me that and like she came out she was like what just open the door why are you not letting the dog out and I was sound asleep in my room she was like okay <laughs> oh <laughs> never <no>. mind <laughs> yeah big time oh no um so yeah scary scary stuff where do you find a witch how do you track down a, a like a credible witch it is easier than ever <laughs> um If you go to your local witch shop, which I promise you have. I must have one here. Cincinnati's got some creeps around here. I don't mean creeps. I mean like scary stuff. Not like No, I mean both could be true. Both are true, but I (laughs) I was was referencing. Of any place. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But no, if if you look up a witch shop, like there will be, you can literally just go into Yelp and be like, witch shop. Okay. And there will be places like there's obviously I live in L.A., so there's like 47 on one street. But it really is about like going to the person that you trust the most and you can feel 
that when you go into somebody because they're at the end of the day, like it's their intention that's going into that blessing that's going into that candle. So if you don't trust them, then that's a moot candle. But yeah, like I go all the I don't live anywhere near Hollywood, but I go all the way to Hollywood just to get Vicky, Vicky, my witch, (laughs) (laughs) my witch, Vic. That's great. Okay, I'm going to look into this because I mean, why not? I'd rather do it than not do it. Right. And especially because you're a you're a sensitive person, like clearly, and you have a family now. And it's not like I don't think it's sensationalist to be like, it couldn't hurt because I bet she's sensitive, too. Of course. Oh, my God. My little baby. Nobody touch my baby. Everybody back off. Oh, my gosh. Um, Okay, so going back to the sleep paralysis thing. What are some things that you can do to protect yourself going to sleep? Are there different rituals or different stones or different some of these candles you're speaking about? Like, is there any anything you can do? The thing is with this stuff, like generally speaking, if it's going to happen, it's going to happen, which is like never the thing that you want to hear. I don't have it, so, but I'm sure there's people listening that suffer from it. Yeah, I think the thing with sleep paralysis more than anything, like, there are some things that I do because I do dream very vividly. Like, I have an uncrossing candle, which basically is just like, if there's anybody out there that has any ill intent towards me, I'm just going to release you of that and take a, take a sleep, okay? So uh, there's an uncrossing candle that I, I generally use. I understand sage, and I will say if you feel strong, intense fear of spirit while you sleep, then (coughs) I choked on my tongue. That's another ghost. The tongue ghost. The worst kind. (laughs) Uh, If you feel like strong, intense fear of spirit when you sleep, you can sage. But my problem with sage is that it gets rid of all spirit. So I'm big on calling on my ancestors. Like, that's big for me. Um, and like filling my home with my ancestors and like, how do you do that? I went to an ancestral healer, which is a little bit harder to find, but if y'all need help, DM me, let me know. And I can find one for you. I have one, uh, where basically she just kind of like reads and I know I'm in this world, but I always go into anything new with a healthy level of skepticism. I'm just like, show me what this is. So she immediately was like, called out my great-grandfather, who is a very distinct person. Like, his attributes are incredibly distinct. So when she said that he was, like, the first one to step up, I was like, I believe you now. But uh, yeah, I went to an ancestral healer who kind of just, like, reinvigorates the connection between you and your ancestors. And a way to kind of nourish that is, again, simply by, like, lighting a candle for them. And in Judaism, that's yartzeit. Like, that's like a huge deal is if you light a candle for somebody, like you are showing their representation of their presence in your life. And a candle just on its own, not spiritually charged, clears the space around it. So I do that almost every day. But the biggest suggestion that I have, which can be a horrifying one, is to kind of just let it happen and to think of it like Halloween Horror Nights. Think of it like you are experiencing this. It cannot hurt you. 
people who like wake up with like scratches and things like that, that's so highly contested. It's really hard to like speak on that. And and I never want to tell anybody that their experiences didn't happen. So I can't say that they didn't happen, but for the most part, especially with sleep paralysis, you are seeing what many people see. And there's kind of a comfort in that where like, there's like that same witch lady that a lot of people see, the like hunched witch lady, which by the way, if I saw this, I would shit myself. Like, <laughs> I'm not saying I am cool in these situations, but if it happens to you consistently, you have the opportunity to become cool with it. And the more that you are cool with it, chances are the less it'll happen to you. Interesting. I find it all like so fascinating, all these different like realms and different versions. Like when you look at like what some of these spirits are, like you're talking about this, this hunched over witch that is common for people. Um, are there like levels of a ghost from like the like, you know, Casper to like the demonic <laughs> version? Like how do you kind of grade a ghost? You know, there's kind of like what we talked about a while ago was that is the residual energy, which is kind of the most innocent form of spirit. And it, that is simply a person who loved the space that, that you're in currently and they died and they're reliving their life there. Very Casper adjacent, although Casper is a, an intelligent ghost, which is a little bit spookier because... If you think of this like residual ghost as kind of an echo, there's like beauty in that of like, oh, the soul, the spirit, whatever. But once it becomes intelligent, it's like you crossed enough over into the other side to like become cognizant of the situation that you're in, which can lead to like resentment and um, trickery and things that maybe just upset you, like Casper's brothers or something. So there's definitely different levels to it. And then, you know, you get into the arena of like ghouls, like <laughs> the, these succubi, these, um, these parasitic spirits, nefarious spirits that their goal is to harm you. And are these like all believed to have been people? No. Okay. That's what's so scary about it. Right. Is that they have no empathy towards you there's they don't see themselves in you at all you are a vessel for them to have more power or to become realer because that's the point of all of these things they just want to be real so the realer you make it the realer it becomes and that's not to say too like i never want to discount somebody who's experienced something really traumatic with say like if these people that we dealt with a couple of years ago who their children's toys would constantly wake them up in the middle of the night. Um, they would like take the batteries out. They would still light up. Um, and that's a succubus spirit. So that spirit is trying to make you not sleep because the more tired you are, the more susceptible you are to that. Like, I don't want to say entry cause you're not going to get possessed. I do not believe in that, but like hard line in the sand for me is possession. I love a good possession movie. They're some of my favorites. I do too. My sister's name is Emily Rose. Like, uh, really? I know, spooky. Wow. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, I'm, I love the stories of it too. And I do think that a lot of 
the like real life stories around it are really compelling. But I just think the idea of possession does more harm than good. For the most part, we see like possession kit. Dark, I was about to say dark turn, but I guess this is all dark. Um, <laughs> for the most darker part, darker turn. Yeah, exactly. We see possession cases in instances of young, either pubescent or prepubescent women, girls, who are under like incredible religious scrutiny, and they're dealing with mental health issues that then become reframed as possession. And in the tragic story of Annalise, Michelle, who Emily Rose is based off of, she had somewhere like 67 exorcisms. And when she died, she was 80 pounds or even less than that. And that's her family did that, you know, like that's in her family. Her parents got arrested because the court was like, if you had gotten medical intervention, then this wouldn't have happened. Like looking at the paper, that's the case. So sad. It's really sad. And that's where like a lot of this, would you attach too heavily religion to these things? To me, that's the danger of it. It's pretty messy. It gets messy because I think soul is transcendent of that. Like I think spirit should be universal and not tied to something so stringent. Like if you see a dark spirit and you're immediately like Rosemary's baby. That's the devil. Um, (laughs) You're eliminating the room for any other explanation that may actually like give you some peace. So that's why things like these succubi are so awful because it's easy enough to be like the devil's in that kid. But for the most part, it's probably just like this spirit trying to take your energy. And if you hold your ground and do what you can to like rid spirit of your home, you'll probably be okay. Going back to me saying that when my brother and I would hear that knock on our door, it was always between like two, three in the morning. Is there something to that time of day? So that's, I mean, you know, it really depends on who you talk to. I am a witchy hoe. So I do believe, (laughs) I do believe in, in angel numbers. I believe in spirit numbers. I believe that there are certain times that are, uh, more susceptible to haunting. Um, 3am is, you know, that's like, it's supposed to be. And again, this is, this is kind of, kind of rooted in religious lore, but in that way, like, I believe in chaos magic, so which is an absurd thing to say. But chaos magic is basically like the energy that you put into something, you, you make that thing real. So if you think of something enough, it becomes real. And we've gotten to the place in our, you know, collective consciousness as a overwhelmingly religious society that certain numbers have certain meanings. And at such a large scale, when you have all of that concerted energy being put into the meaning of these things, that becomes real. So when you look at something like the witching hour, 3 a.m., because it's 333-666, Mark of the Beast, whatever, it becomes real. And that's all spirit. Like, if we go back to the core of it, spirit is trying to be noticed. And if we have put so much time and energy into making this thing 
real, they're going to use that as a means to communicate because that's like the time of day that has like the weakest spiritually. We're all afraid of it. It's so crazy how our minds just work in conjunction with all of this stuff and they all just go so hand in hand. What I think is crazy about that is that the CIA was like, yeah, that's true. Like they declassified some documents a few years ago that maybe it was even a couple of years ago that confirms magical thinking can actually result in you changing the life around you. Wow. Yeah, yeah. It was a whole simulation theory thing that they were kind of, they're slowly declassifying where if you think about something long enough and you think if you start positioning your brain in a way to believe that this is your new reality, that will become your new reality, which is horrifying to think about because like, are we in a simulation? I don't have time to care about that right now. <laughs> yeah, me neither. I don't have the power to even get into it, but like there's some stuff that makes a, a pretty strong case for it. That's for sure. Yeah, it's it's nuts. Um, okay, before I let you go, because I've had you on here for quite some time, um, what are some great books for people to look into, whether it's like different witch stuff or ghost books you've read uh, along your journey through through your job and through your life and all these things that you're super into? What do you love? You literally would not believe that you're currently, I broke my tripod, so you are sitting on a stack of books right now. <laughs> so first of all, Look up it like there's a few there's a few different people who write about these. So just go off based vibes like I would go with a female author, but look up chaos magic and magical thinking. It genuinely changed my life because I like to think my problems away and put almost no effort into them. Um, I will say that the Mothman prophecies. I've just started reading those because I'm in Ohio because it's like my next door neighbor is the Mothman. Incredible. Incredible. And you also get like firsthand accounts of people who are witnessing these things and these like anomalies. This is going to be slightly contentious, but I would say the Satanic Bible is an incredibly interesting read because it's not what you think it is. Is that going to welcome any spirits in as you're reading it? Absolutely not. That's the whole idea of Satanism is that they do not believe in the devil. It's all about contrarianism and all about like believing in your fellow man as God, uh, which on that note, I would also read Stranger in a Strange Land because it helps you kind of like understand the humans around you that I think helps understand maybe the spirit world it's this is all a little it's a lot of esoteric and then i would read um how the hippies saved physics it's a book by david kaiser and like i or kaiser yeah i i know that that's not very spooky but for me i think like i come at this from an informational point of view and how the hippies saved physics really helps you understand how magical thinking can push science forward and that these questions that we're asking are actually like they're not dumb and they're not silly they're questions that one day will have an answer and if you're not asking them like that's on you for not being curious my friend and then if you're a woman i would read the satanic witch which again is not about satanism i like 
cannot stress enough. It's not about the devil. I do not. I'm not like a hail Satan. That's not, I'm not here for that. Um, it's all about how to like claim your own feminine power. Oh, cool. Yeah. And like, and we like, should all know a little bit more about that. Absolutely. The satanic witch is like truly one of the most like empowering things that you could try to adopt into your own life. Okay. These are great options. You just rattled off a, a good couple of books there. So I'm going to be doing some Amazon priming a little bit tonight. Also, I would be so remiss to say that my dad is from Cincinnati. <gasps> he is. John is his favorite wrestler of all. He's been watching wrestling since like 1962. And John is his favorite wrestler of all time. Well, please, if you guys come through town, we'll let them hang out. You and I can go get up to some witchy shit and let's just like have a time. We'll find you a witch shop. It sounds great. Please let me know if you're coming to town. Oh, I we'll will. We'll have to get together 100%. Let's do it. <laughs> skyline and satanic witches, baby. Let's go. Name of my memoir. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're an absolute gem. I truly enjoyed this. You're fantastic. You have such a great energy and just shed some light on all of this stuff for me. And hopefully everybody learned a little something, something about some ghosts here. Well, thank you. And thank you for sharing your stories. That's so interesting. Oh, my gosh. I know. Every now and then. I mean, it's always like this time of year. You like when you're talking about stuff like this, it all of a sudden I'm like, yeah, some shit went down. It was pretty wild. It was pretty nuts. I sometimes feel like it would be cool to like have my fam. Maybe I should do an episode like that. Bring my brother on, bring my mom on and we can all talk about it and just like hash it out a little bit. Yes. It would be interesting. Okay, I'm going to send them a little group text after. All right, go back to doing whatever it is you're doing. Your background's beautiful. kind of matches mine, which is not as nice as yours. The, the painting is lovely. And hopefully I'll get to see you soon in Cincinnati. I hope so. It was so nice spending time with you. And thank you so much for having me again. Absolutely. A big thank you to Rachel Evans for joining me. Uh, obviously, she's mega busy this time of year. Everyone knocking on her door, trying to get her to do their podcasts and do their shows and doing interviews and talk about ghosts and all those things. So uh, super, super happy and grateful that she took the time to hang out with me for a bit. <laughs> I will say this too. So when we recorded this uh, a couple days ago, so first of all, my internet cut out during the episode, which like scared the crap out of me because honestly, that never happens. I just like disconnected had to reboot never happens then anyways after we're talking we're getting into all like the scary stuff and whatever we wrap up I close down my computer so when I shut off my my ring light and realized that I had no other lights on the house it was evening time I nearly crapped my pants I'm 37 years old and I'm like terrified of the dark it's pathetic but I feel like I'm not alone in that I feel like people are afraid of the dark. I think that's kind of common. Anyway, scared the crap out of me. I like hauled ass downstairs um, as quietly as I could to not wake Nora up. <sighs> I love when this stuff just like gets in your mind and everything becomes scary and haunted. Hopefully you guys feel the same way. Anyways, thank you guys for listening. Thanks for hanging out. Thanks to Rachel. Um, head on over to YouTube, like, subscribe, turn on the notifications, get in the comment section. We can hang there, have a little chit chat. And, um, you know what? While you're on there, if you are in the comment section, let's like share our own ghost stories. If you want to like hit me up with them on like Twitter or whatever, I love hearing some good ghost stories. So let me know what's happened to you. What kind of ghosts you have seen, any kind of like brush with the afterlife you may have had. All right, guys, this has been the sessions. Until next time.
he's alive. Alive! 